welcome to the Cantina Chatter Podcast. My name is Victoria, and I will be your guide on this adventure through toys, collectibles, and film discussion. All right, so some big changes are on the way for the Cantina Chatter Podcast. Previously, We have focused on all manner of franchises and fandoms and toy lines and topics regarding toy collecting and all sorts of stuff. It's been my goal for a while to refocus the podcast so that it has a better scope of uh, its own identity, for one, as well as uh, figuring out what I want this show to become because I I love everything that we've done. We've done a lot of really cool stuff through Cantina Chatter. We've had some amazing guests over the years, talked to some people in the toy industry. We've spoken to friends within the fandoms of uh, Star Wars and Jurassic. We've interviewed people from the Star Wars films. We've had professional uh, toy collectors, so to speak, that uh, work in the toy industry and have been lifelong collectors of all of these great toy lines. So I'm really proud of everything Cantina Chatter has accomplished, but At the same time, it's time for things to uh, evolve and change a little bit. Additionally, uh, not too long ago, I sent out a survey across social media and on YouTube asking listeners of the show what aspects of Cantina Chatter they enjoy, what things they think could be improved upon. um, And uh, I've taken all of those uh, ideas and feedback to heart in order to reevaluate Cantina Chatter and help find a better sense of identity for the show. This is actually going to be our very last Jurassic Park or Jurassic World related show on Cantina Chatter podcast. The focus of the show will be changing and uh, I will be announcing details as to what exactly that means very soon uh, through social media and here on the podcast. But at the end of this episode, we'll also go over why this is the last Jurassic related episode for Cantina Chatter. And I think you'll be pretty happy with uh, the reasons why, at least that's what I hope. So the focus of this particular episode is going to be discussing the ultimate Mattel Jurassic World Tyrannosaurus Rex toy that has been released so far. There are a number of them. There's repaints, there's Rexes in different sizes with different action features, different levels of articulation. And uh, people ask me, you know, Victoria, what is the best T-Rex to add to my new collection? And uh, it's hard to say because there's pros and cons to each one of them. So my good friend Tim from Collect Jurassic will be joining me in this episode so that we can nail down exactly which T-Rex is the best or, you know, what are the pros and cons of each one. And, uh, you know, we'll talk about that and we'll hopefully we'll be able to come to a consensus. I also want to announce that season two of Discoveryland, a Disneyland history podcast, has uh, just resumed a couple of weeks ago. So we are two episodes in for season two uh, with uh, episodes coming weekly all the way through uh, July. So there are a wealth of awesome places we'll be going in Discoveryland. So I do hope that you will join me for that show. Of course, it is available anywhere you listen to podcasts. You can also listen to it on YouTube if you like, Uh, but it's a labor of love. It's a passion project. I'm a huge Disneyland fan and I love its history. So you're really into that as well. I think that you might find it quite entertaining uh, and hopefully educational as well. (music) 
All right, so Tim from Collect Jurassic, welcome back to the cantina. Awesome, yeah, glad to be back already. Yeah, uh, we were just talking not too long ago about all of the uh, reveals, or maybe there weren't a lot of them, but there were some reveals at New York Toy Fair 2019, which you happened to go to, uh, and you cover the event very well, and... Uh, in that episode, we got to talk a little bit about the various uh, items that Mattel had on display. So it's great to have you back. Yeah, definitely. And there's obviously been a few reveals since then. So, um, yeah, exciting stuff. Exciting time to be a Jurassic collector. Absolutely. Yeah, there's a, there's a lot going on. Uh, and it seems like there's no end in sight. This line really took off with a bang last April. And uh, we're coming up on April uh, of this year, next month. And uh, so much product in so many different assortments. And uh, like I said, there's no end in sight. I mean, it just seems like there's so much that has come and there's so much that is coming. And uh, I think a lot of us are feeling that a little bit. Yeah, no, it's 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 an intense, intense to try to collect all this stuff. But yeah, like you said, there's a lot coming. And that's exciting that there's, you know, isn't an end in sight. So it's definitely going to be awesome summer with some of like the Indominus Rex and stuff coming out. And then obviously there's a lot we know um, is coming in the fall, but we just don't know what it is. So yeah, really excited. Absolutely. So um, one thing we didn't get to do the last time around, and this is something I like to do anytime I have a new guest on the show, uh, is play a little game called 10 Questions Too Many. And um, I'm going to ask you a series of 10 questions. Just have fun with it. There's not really a right or wrong answer to anything. So you ready to go? Yeah, let's do it. All right. So name your favorite dinosaur. My favorite dinosaur. That's a tough one. Um, I was just thinking about my favorite toy today. And I was like, man, I could go a million different ways with this. I'm going to say my favorite dinosaur. Um you know, knee jerk would be the T-Rex. That's just, I know that's not a very interesting answer, but it is, um, you know, every kid's original love. So I'm gonna go knee jerk T-Rex. I think that's my favorite dinosaur. Nice. T-Rex, very classic uh, decision there. Yeah. Can't fault you there. Yeah. All right, so do you believe in aliens? Yeah, definitely. I mean, statistically speaking, it's gotta be possible. So yeah, I definitely do. Nice. I gotta say, I agree with you there. Uh, what was the last movie that you saw? Uh, last movie I saw was uh, A Star is Born. Uh, really good. Really liked it. Nice. Yeah, I, I really enjoyed that as well. Yeah, Lady Gaga, man. Wow. Oh, she, yeah. She surprised me. Yeah, yeah. She's amazing. Um, yeah. Okay, so other than Jurassic, what is your second favorite franchise? Ooh, that's a tough one. Um, I'm going to say Star Wars. Uh I, I definitely juggle a lot of different um, interests as far as like toys and movies and getting into things. Um, but I would say the constant besides Jurassic has always been Star Wars. Um, but there's a lot of other like random stuff I like, like Congo and I don't know, Halo. There's a lot of stuff I like. So it, it's tough, but I'm going to go with Star Wars. Nice. Yeah. I mean, yeah, obviously same here. Love Star Wars. Huge lifelong a fan of that. Uh, it's amazing. Um, all right, so who's your favorite Jurassic Park character? Alan Grant. Oh, yeah. Easy. I mean, I think as a kid, whenever everyone, whenever you had to fill out those worksheets and put your role model, I was always like, I don't know, Alan Grant? Like, I, I <laughs> thought, thought it was great. Uh, just a 
you know, a great character for a kid to get into, um, you know, a, a reluctant action hero, if you will. So, yeah, it's, it's a very good way to term it. Yeah. Um, so would you rather be stuck in a kitchen with velociraptors or stuck in a mansion with an indoraptor? I would probably rather be stuck in a mansion because uh, I've played a lot of Resident Evil pretty good at outrunning things in the <laughs> mansion. So I think I could think I could take I think I could survive an endoraptor more than I could uh, a couple raptors in the kitchen. Nice. Miracle Whip or mayonnaise? Miracle Whip. Easy. Oh, I don't nice. even like mayonnaise, so. Yeah, you know, I, I grew up on Miracle Whip. Um, I, I never really, we never really used mayonnaise growing up, but then I moved to California and then um, it seems like everybody here hates Miracle Whip for some reason. Huh. Yeah, one of those regional things, I guess, right? Yeah, ab- absolutely. It must have been a Texas thing, I guess. I, I don't know. <laughs> Um, all right, so fill in the blank. I could not go a day without blank. Ooh, I'm going to say my phone. I know that's terrible to say, but it, it would be hard. So my phone. Yeah, I mean, this day and age, uh, when are we not using our phones for something? Right. Yeah. Especially when we're covering all these amazing toy lines and fandoms. For that we're sure. In. Yeah. Yeah. And you get you get lulled into the sense of if I don't have my phone and something happens. You know, I don't have my phone, so it's just kind of funny because I mean, I'm, I'm old enough but young enough to remember when it, it didn't matter having a cell phone. But yep, now gotta have one. So. Oh yeah, I I don't think I got my first cell phone. I think it was 2004. I was like finishing high school. I think going into college. No, I was in college already. Mm-hmm. Um, mm-hmm. And uh, yeah, that it was like a it was like one of those old like silver like flip phones. I think and yeah. it had like the little yeah. antenna you would pull out. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, before like before like Apple made phones, it was like my phone is made by U.S. Cellular. That's who made my phone. <laughs> so to think of a, a time like that when that's who made phones. But yeah, yeah, it's crazy how how far things have come and yeah, not really a long time. You know, it's only been like fifteen years. Yeah, no, it is it is crazy. All right, so finish this sentence. One day I was walking through Jurassic Park when suddenly I was able to complete the tour. I would, that's one thing I would just love to see somewhere in a video game, a book, a movie. I would love to see uh, someone just complete the tour of Jurassic Park or Jurassic World uh, without catastrophe or dinosaurs getting out. Nice. That's actually a really good point. I hadn't um, I've only always, you know, kind of gone up based off like the book and the movie. And, you know, we never got that full tour experience, really. So, yeah, uh, yeah. yeah that would be incredible. Yeah. All right. Now, finally. What is your favorite, if you had to pick just one, your number one favorite Mattel Jurassic World toy? Oh, oh man, that's a hard one. Uh, I was just thinking about this for Kenner, but I was not thinking about it for Mattel. I'm going to go with, I'm looking at them all right now. I'm just trying to, to pick one out, but I, I mean, I'm going to say either the yellow battle damage raptor um, that's starting to be a little more available uh, or the Mosasaur. I mean, the Mosasaur is just a ridiculously awesome toy. Um, it's huge. It's got real feel skin. Um, it's, yeah, it's awesome. So uh, I'm going to put a tie between those two. Nice. Nice. Yeah, I can't fault you in either of those. Those are both great products. I think that Raptors might very well be my favorite Raptor in the line. Mm-hmm. Yeah, no, it's awesome. Um, it'd be cool if it didn't have the battle damage, but it, it doesn't take away from it either. So. Yeah, yeah, absolutely. Absolutely. All right, so very cool. So um, the purpose of this episode is uh, Mattel has produced some really awesome uh, T-Rexes for this uh, Jurassic World toy line. 
Uh, they've done the Extreme Chompin T-Rex. There are a few variants of that. Uh, there's a Thrash and Throw T-Rex. There's the uh, Bite and Fight T-Rex. And then, of course, the Super Colossal T-Rex. And um, you noted uh, previously that, uh, you know, people ask, well, you know, if I'm going to buy one T-Rex, what should I get? You know, what's the best T-Rex? What's your favorite T-Rex? And um, I think there's a lot of pros and cons to each of these different uh, T-Rexes. So Mm -hmm. uh, I thought we would use this episode to kind of list the things that we like and and dislike about each of those T-Rexes. And maybe we can come up to a consensus as to, um, uh, you know, what our favorite or what maybe what the best T-Rex in this line is, uh, you know, for various purposes, because obviously, you know, there's different ways you can use any of them. So yeah, let's let's see what we can what we can decide on. Awesome. Yeah, let's decide once and for all the best Rex. (laughs) (laughs) So uh, the first one here is uh, this was actually the very first one that I got. It's the Extreme Chompin T-Rex released in the Legacy Collection. If you live in the U.S., that was a Target exclusive. Uh, It was also repurposed uh, over at Walmart uh, for their exclusive in the the Battle Damage line. Uh, Came packed with the Monolophosaurus. Uh, At Target, it cost $20. At Walmart, it cost $30. But you did get uh, that little neat Monolophosaurus. And then it was used uh, for the Destructosaurus line. Now, this isn't really a wide release, so it's I don't expect that many people are going to have this particular version. Um, but that version is basically the Extreme Chomp and T-Rex retooled a little bit in order to incorporate the uh, Destructosaurs um, uh, magnetic feature that all of those mm-hmm. uh, Destructosaurs have. And then, uh, of course, there's also the um, Target exclusive for 2019, the uh, Legacy Collection uh, Tyrannosaurus Rex pack, which has the adult, uh, I guess more of the bull T-Rex with the green paint scheme, and then a baby T-Rex. So quite a few variations for a single t-rex what do you think yeah no the they definitely have made their use of this mold and i think it's because it's it is so um you know i i want to use the word basic but like in the best way possible not like in a uh you know a negative way it's just a very like um functional sculpt as far as you know, um, the, the, the detail of the Rex and um, the, the articulation and the kind of the play features. So I can see why they chose to kind of use this as their redeco Rex versus something, you know, a little bigger like the Thrash and Throw or something like that. But, um, but yeah, I mean, this Rex for me um, was my first Rex t- too. Like that was the first one I picked up. And, um, you know, I feel like the scale is probably its number one. Well, the articulation is definitely its number one pick for me. It's out of all the Rexes, it's just got, I mean, you know, you take photos with it, you can pivot its neck, you can uh, make it bend down. You can just do a lot of dynamic things with it. Yeah. Yeah, totally. Um, and I would say like, as far as my list of pros go as well, uh, the things you mentioned, the articulation, uh, it's a fully art, it's not fully articulated, but it does have a higher level of articulation than any of the other T-Rexes. Um, so it does pose mm-hmm. well, particularly in the head area, the neck area. Um, that's something you just can't do with the others. And uh, I really think that uh, that really comes in handy uh, for toy photography, for getting it outside and, um, you know, just having a smaller T-Rex that's a little bit more, um, I guess you can carry it around a little more easily than some of the others because it is the smaller of the ones that we're talking about. Um, mm-hmm. So it is a little more compact and, you know, you can travel with it fairly easily. 
Um, and then, yeah, the playability, obviously, you know, even though it does look great and it does have the articulation, it also does have the action features. So um, it's a pretty well-rounded little T-Rex. Yeah, and I think the scale, it does scale really well with most of the other figures. Um, sometimes I feel like it's a little small when you when you put a human in its mouth. But, uh, I mean, it's not, it's negligible. It's But it definitely scales well with, like, the Spinosaur next to it. It's perfect. Um, if you use one of the other Rexes, it feels a little bit too big when you're talking about putting it next to the Spinosaur. But um, overall, I think across the main line for Mattel, it, it does scale really well. Um, but again, that articulation is just what makes this particular figure so cool. Yeah, absolutely. That's definitely my favorite thing about it. Um, now, as far as negative aspects of the uh, Extreme Shopping T-Rex, what are some of those uh, cons that you can think of? Um, I would say, you know, for kids, maybe it doesn't have um, some of those gimmicky action features that, um, you know, do make a toy so cool. Um, you know, there's no electronic um, roar or anything like that. There's no snapping action. Uh, I mean, you can make the mouth open, but um, it's not like, you know, kind of a, a repetitive feature like some of the other Mattel figures have. So I can kind of see that being held against that, um, you know, especially with kids in mind when people are buying gifts or something. But I mean, I think um, this Rex really was, uh, you know, something aimed more toward people who are into toy photography and things like that. Yeah, for sure. Um, I do agree that it, it does seem a little bit small. I think that's pretty universally accepted with this particular T-Rex. And um, it is, but like you say, it, it's also a little bit negligible, really. I mean, it's not too, too undersized. It's still sizable. It's still bigger than most of the other toys in this line. Um, so it does serve pretty well as just a regular T-Rex. Um, I would also say the feet are a little bit big, and I know that that's probably done mm -hmm. for stability purposes, but uh, that would be one drawback for me. Uh, and then uh, the action feature, and it's not quite as bad on the later releases because obviously... Uh, as you know, the earlier ver releases of this T-Rex had the tongue sculpted in the middle of the mouth when you opened it up. Yeah. And then the later ones, uh, they revised that so that it, the tongue was positioned a little bit lower. Um, it, it, it's still, in my view, not quite ideal. I kind of feel like the tongue should maybe be still a little bit lower in the mouth, but um, uh, it's definitely an improvement. I'll, I'll definitely take what they did there. Yeah. Yeah, I would call it a negative on that first release, probably with the, the tongue being right in the middle. It's like a, I don't know, it reminds me of like a a, a rock star or something. It's got his, his tongue just <laughs> right in the middle. And it does kind of impede if you're, you know, as a kid or someone who's posing the T-Rex, like it can't hold anything in its mouth because it has this tongue jutting out in the middle. So mm -hmm. I would definitely call that a negative. Um, one thing I, I guess I want to go back to the positives or I guess a unique part about this Rex that I don't think a lot of people realize is that it doesn't have any um, battle damage in its sculpt. Um, like all the other Rexes have um, sculpted detail of battle damage, like um, a couple cuts on the hip or uh, on the on the jaw. But this uh, Extreme Chompin' Rex, um, the Legacy one, I mean, it doesn't have any sculpted battle damage. So it's truly like a a Rexy from before Jurassic World, like a younger Rex, even if it looks just like the other ones, um, that little detail is important to know. Yeah, that's a really good point. Uh, very important to point that out. Um, so yeah, it, it does serve as more of a, a Jurassic Park uh, T-Rex compared to Jurassic World because it is missing the damage. Or if you wanted it just to be like a T-Rex, you know, not specific to Rexy or 
Jurassic World, yeah. then, you know, you could just use it as that, uh, which is mm-hmm. pretty great, or for the Lost World, even. Uh, I would also say that it, uh, and I guess this would be more, this would obviously be more of a con to it, but I kind of feel like uh, on a couple of the ones that I've gotten that the the limbs can be a little bit loose. I don't know if that's so much of an issue on the later ones, but uh, I know that on the first one I had, the, the legs eventually got a little bit loose, like at the hips, and then mm-hmm. the tail uh, got a little bit loose on maybe the second one that I bought where, you know, you could pull it up so that it was angled you know, just horizontal with the body, but then uh, mm-hmm. it, w- it would kind of start sagging a little bit easily. I don't know if you've experienced that on yours. No, I haven't. I, I mean, I've only ever um, really had one, one that I've messed around with. I don't have the battle damage one, um, but I never had any issue with um, the legs. I've had it with other figures, just not for this particular one. Um, and I do have the one with the Rockstar tongue. I don't have the one with the, the tongue on the lower part of the jaw. I've looked at it before and thought about it, but I've stopped myself. But, but yeah <laughs> yeah this 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 t-rex is one that i'm almost i i, I kind of want to say almost even addicted to because i have bought a, several of them and for various reasons the very first one that i got i repainted it eventually mm-hmm. um yeah. I, I bought uh another one to, just to have on the shelf you know to replace that one and then um you know, I've, I did get the battle damage. I got one to keep in the box, which I don't do that very often. But for T-Rex, I feel like that's like a really special thing for me. So I got one yeah. to keep in the box. I got one to open up. Um, and then I got the, uh, I do have the Destructosaurus one. I do have one in the box and then one loose. Um, and, uh, that you know, that one might actually be my favorite one, the Destructosaurus one, only because that one doesn't have the tongue like sticking out of the mouth. It is sculpted like at the bottom of the jaw. Yeah. So so I have that Rex, but I've never opened it out of the box. Can you tell me like with the snout, like what is the actual like paint application there that makes it unique? Cause I've looked in the videos. I've looked in the photos. It's very, and I looked <laughs> at it in the box in the flesh and it's like, is it there? Like, it's almost like I can't even tell that there's some kind of paint there, but it is there though. Right. Oh yeah. It has a kind of like a reddish iridescent sort of paint on the, on the snout. Uh, and uh, that is the same thing you see on any of the Destructosaurs. They have kind of like that slightly metallic paint, just hints of it on each mm-hmm. dinosaur. And for the T-Rex, that's where they put that paint was on the end of its snout. I wish they would have, um, Mattel would have elected to do a more wild paint job for the Destructosaurs Rex because all the other Destructosaurs do kind of have like a, a, a very wild uh, aesthetic to them and, and it would have been cool to, to get a rex like that instead of just a rex with a powdered metallic snout it would have been would have been nice to see that true yeah that, that would have been cool uh and of course it has the magnet in the snout too so that you can use it right. in conjunction with the uh generator which is a pretty fun little feature to have yeah no i'm i have i have one that i do want to open i just haven't uh made room for it on the shelf but like the generator is very cool that's something I, that's probably the only reason I want to open it. Cause it's just, it looks like a cool little play feature. So. Absolutely. And, um, so yeah, I think it's an addicting T-Rex and I also got two of the, uh, the bull T-Rexes. I got one that I opened and one that I kept in the box and, 
Cool. Um, and then when Target was, were doing all their clearances towards the end of last year, early this year, I uh-huh. picked up three more for like 10 bucks each. <laughs> and, yeah, uh, no, my Target never put them on sale. I was bummed. Yeah. I, I, I went to, I saw people that had them on sale. Same with the Jeep. and My Target never did. So, or Targets rather, I guess I should say. But, um, but yeah, I probably would have picked up one with the lower tongue and the jaw, the variant, um, if I'd seen it on sale for sure. Yeah, it seems like most targets didn't put them on clearance, but for whatever reason, pockets of them did. Like here, here in my immediate vicinity, I have, uh, I have three targets that are probably within about fifteen minutes of of where I live, and um, two of them didn't have them on clearance, and one did. And I know when I was like looking online, like at Brixic and stuff, like very few of the targets actually clearance out a bunch of that stuff. But you know, the closest one to me did so. Um, I made yeah. sure to grab a few, and I'm currently repainting two of them. One into a bull T Rex, yeah, and one into Rexy. Yeah, so that's been fun. That's awesome. Yeah, yeah. The people do so many incredible things, and I think this Rex and probably Super Colossal are the ones that are like straight up repaint fodder. I see so many people repaint them, and it's a great canvas. Uh, you know, it's it's a at its base level, it's an incredible sculpt. So, like any kind of paint you're going to put on, it's going to look great. You know, so I think that's why it's so popular with people that like to customize Jurassic toys yeah definitely and uh, going back to the size real quick I know we're saying it's a little bit small I think that actually uh, if, if you wanted to consider you know that maybe Rexy was a little bit smaller in Jurassic Park I don't know how much smaller she actually was in the canon but mm-hmm. if you wanted to say okay this is when she was younger she was a little bit smaller you could consider yeah. it that way for sure yeah no I, I get that I too sometimes for me when I'm looking at toys I'm I'm um I'm forever stuck in like the the four and a half inch scale of my childhood. So I see a Rex like that and I'm like, well, his head's too big. But then when you put um, like a Mattel Allen Grant in its mouth, it's like, nah, it, it's about right. You know, it's just I'm, I'm judging it with my Kenner figures, I guess. Right. Totally. Uh, but yeah, overall, I think this is a great T-Rex. Um, and, and like I said, I think the main thing about it for me is the articulation and the fact that it is. Uh, easy to use, easy to repaint, easy to uh, maneuver if you wanted to take it with you on the go. Um, and, uh, you know, just fun to have around, just fun to keep on the desk or whatever. So, yeah, I, I really love yeah. this one. Yeah, for sure. All right. So the next one that we have here is the Thrash and Throw T-Rex. This was also a release from uh, when the line launched last year. Um, this one, I think this is the third one that I picked up i think i got the super colossal after i got the extreme chomp and then i got the thrash and throw uh and the thrash Mm -hmm. and throw uh what can you tell us about it i think this one just going off of what we were just talking about with uh extreme chomp and like scale wise this one to me feels a little bit perfect um a, a little bit more perfect i should say with the rest of the line um with all the dinosaurs, it feels like this big, immense T-Rex next to them. Um, same with the humans. It just feels much more of like a, an imposing figure. So I, that's what I really like about this one is, the, is its scale. Um, you know, and, and the proportions too here, I think he or she rather, uh, you know, fits into those oversized feet a little more than the Extreme Chomp and Rex. So scale and proportions, I'm giving this one um, high marks. That, that's what works on it for me. Nice. Yeah, it uh, it definitely has the sculpt, and I think that's something you could, we could say about any of these T-Rexes that Mattel's done, is that they all look fantastic. Uh, they all look exactly like the, the Jurassic Park, Jurassic World Rex, and um, th- that's awesome. That's For me, that's the like number one thing I always look at when I'm collecting a toy, 
is how much does it look like what I saw in the film? Uh, and they definitely nailed all of these sculpts. They all look fantastic. Um, yeah, is it wrong to say that Mattel's T-Rex looks more like a Jurassic T-Rex than the T-Rex does in the movie? <laughs> nope, not at all. And I would completely agree with yeah. that. Yeah. I'm just <laughs> looking at the head right now. It's like, this looks like more of a T-Rex from Jurassic Park than any cut view or or picture of any T-Rex in Jurassic World. Not that it doesn't look similar, but I mean, this thing just looks like a Jurassic Park Rex. Oh yeah, absolutely. I'm glad they did that too, rather than, you know, re- try to recreate the Jurassic World Rex because it just wouldn't look mm-hmm. the same. Yeah. yeah. And I would even go as far as to say it probably looks better than Chronicle Collectibles as T-Rex. Yeah, I only have the miniature, the miniature one they did with Think Geek to judge it, which does look pretty faithful. But yeah, I mean, they just did the the leanness, but also being bulky. Like I just feel like Mattel really captured a Jurassic Rex so perfectly in the face, especially. It's just it's perfect. Yeah, absolutely. Yeah, I have that small one too, the Think Geek. That's the only one that I have. Um, yeah. it's um, it's it's fun for what it is, but I don't think it's as fun as any of these other Rexes we're talking about. Yeah, for sure. Um, so yeah, the, the thrash and throw for me, um, I've always kind of loved, hated it, not hated it, but I guess I just always held against it. The fact that it has these very involved action features that, um, you know, I can't go out and shoot it a certain way because it's going to always retain the certain static pose that it needs to have for its action features. I mean, there's ways around that obviously, but, um, you know, the, the action features have always to me, been um kind of getting in the way of it being an an excellent figure and i think that's me as an adult collector but i think for kids the action features are incredible i mean you have the stomping foot which is awesome great throwback to the kenner figure um and you also have this awesome uh pivoting hip pivoting neck uh, thrash and throw action that's so cool i mean it's it it is a really neat thing I, i don't spend a lot of time playing with it per se but it is a cool action feature. It's just for me, it kind of holds the figure back to what it could be. Uh huh. Yeah, for sure. Um, <clears throat> yeah, I think the scale on this one, like you mentioned earlier, is definitely more appropriate for most of the toy line. Uh, it definitely feels like when you look at it next to the Spinosaurus or the Stegosaurus, it looks appropriately sized. And I think mm-hmm. that's kind of maybe what they were going for with this particular T Rex is. I kind of feel like maybe they wanted this to be like the keystone T-Rex of the Jurassic World toy line in terms of its size, Me in too. terms of, yeah. yeah. Um, and it, it is pretty well-rounded. It looks great. Uh, it's got the same paint scheme as, uh, you know, the, the Extreme Chompin and the Super Colossal, which is basically, uh, you know, just the browns and tans and beiges. So, I mean, mm-hmm. nothing too fancy, but, you know, appropriate, especially in the facial areas. They did a good job. Um, I think that the roars on this one sound really good. Uh, they're obviously film accurate T-Rex roars, which, you know, always super important. It's not like that, that, that red Rex that we all, you know, love that had, you yeah, know, that very no. generic sounding <laughs> roar on yeah. it. Um, but yeah, it is a fun toy. Um, I do have a few issues with it though. Um, I noted when we were talking previously that at least on mine, it is a little bit hard for me to balance. Uh, I think that part of that is because it has that little, the little notch that sticks out a little bit, maybe the little knob that sticks out on the left foot to activate the stomping mm. feature. Um, mm-hmm. But I've also noticed that as time has gone on that it, it seems like maybe, I don't know if it's the joints that are loosening up or not holding it up properly anymore, but it does seem like 
I have to move the right foot like inward in order to keep it propped up because if I don't do that, then it just topples over. So I'm not sure how common yeah, that is, but that's at least been my experience with that this uh-huh. T-Rex. Yeah, I haven't um, had any balance issues, but I've certainly read about a lot of people that have had um, breaking issues with the, the thrash and throw action, whether the jaw doesn't open. I've even seen some in the stores. Granted, it could have just been that in the packers, they didn't have the clearance to properly kind of activate the chomping, but I've held ones in the store where I couldn't get the mouth to open when I was moving the tail around. And I, I don't know. I just feel like that whole, um, mechanism in there is just a little delicate. Um, and, and I can see it, uh, you know, breaking over time for people that, uh, that, you know, use it heavily, or I can see it breaking when a kid throws it into the toy box with the other toys. It, it just feels a little fragile for me. Right. Most definitely. Um, and, and yeah, that's something I would also agree with is, I mean, it feels like when I do the action feature, like particularly I'm thinking of when you pull the tail down and you make the head go up, it doesn't always yeah. roar. Mm-hmm. It, it yeah, seems like, like sometimes it's just not quite. Yeah. Sometimes it'll do it. Sometimes it won't. So I, I don't know if that's, if that's something they ever improved. I haven't really looked at the, the, like recently I haven't looked at any of them in the store to compare them, but um, yeah. Yeah, that, that has been an issue for me, for sure. Yeah, it's just a little touchy. I, I, I totally get that on mine, too. Yeah. So um, moving on from the thrash and throw, um, and I'm going in order of like size and scale. And mm-hmm. uh, next one I want to mm-hmm. touch on is the recently released Bite and Fight Tyrannosaurus Rex, which is part of the Dino Rivals toy line. Um, so a lot of people complain to me that there's too many T-Rexes. Uh, I would disagree with that. I think there's a place for each of these T-Rexes in this toy line. And, you know, it obviously gives us more options to, you know, get the T-Rex that suits our needs. And hopefully what we're talking about today helps people to nail that down. So um, what can you tell us about the Bite and Fight T-Rex? The Bite and Fight T-Rex, hands down, has the best paint application out of all these Rexes. Um, A lot of the Rexes share the same very basic brown paint job. We do have, like, uh, the Lost World the Lost World Buck Legacy Collection Rex kind of thrown into the mix, but this Bite and Fight Rex really brings a completely unique paint job to the table and one that, I mean, I would call it film accurate. I know there's a lot of, um, you know, a lot of opinions on on the coloration of any of the dinosaurs in Jurassic Park or Jurassic World, but to me, uh, and I think to a lot of people when they saw pictures of this, it's like, wow, finally getting a Rex that looks like uh, is, is got the paint application like you know a classic Jurassic Rex. I think they just did an awesome job, and that's like the main feature of this one for me. Yeah, it definitely has. I think the most film accurate uh, paint coloration to it. You still have that really awesome sculpt that Mattel has been doing for each of these T Rexes, so it does look faithful to the films. Uh, and it, it's obviously still based on Jurassic World because it does have like the scars on the body. Mm-hmm. Um, yeah, but. It's also the same size, uh, basically, as the Thrash and Throw, so it still scales um, with all your three and three quarter inch figures and dinosaurs uh, the same. It's still going to be the same same size. So I think either one of these yeah. is good to use if you wanted to have that film accurate Rexy. And I would give the yeah. edge to the Thrash and Throw in this case. Yeah, that one's just like incrementally bigger, or maybe there's certain proportions on it that feel a little bigger, but. Uh, the bite and fight Rex definitely is um, a step above the extreme chomping Rex. It's a little bigger. Um, so I think it definitely wins out in scale for that. Yeah, definitely. 
Um, I would also note that it, it does have fully jointed shoulders, which is something that none of the other T-Rexes have. And, oh, yeah. Uh, I guess I didn't even realize that. Yeah. And that's, that's a great thing to, to have here because you can pose it, obviously. Um, and uh, also, I would say the shelf presence of this one. When you have it on the shelf with your other dinosaurs, it just like stands out. Like It, it just looks dramatic with those deeper uh, tones and... Uh, mm-hmm. Just the way it's kind of like, you know, with the mouth gaping open, it it just looks yeah. really cool on the shelf. Yeah, for sure. I, I, I definitely agree with the mouth being open on the shelf. It, it, it just looks a little more menacing. So, um, but yeah, I guess I, I didn't think that it does have the scar sculpt within too. So it's definitely a, a uh, late Isla Nubler Rexy, not a, you know, early Jurassic Park Rexy. So, but still cool. Definitely. Uh, as far as negatives for this particular uh, T-Rex, are there any that you can think of? Yeah, I think, um, you know, uh, the way that the neck and head action is, is kind of set up, it's very cool, but it is stuck with a mouth open. Um, my particular Rex got super lucky. I can shut the jaws and it stays shut. Uh, I know a lot of people have been like, how'd you get the jaws to stay shut? And I'm like, I don't know. My, my jaw just stays shut. If you leave it just right, it stays shut. Um, but, uh, you know, that's kind of, um, a negative for me is that you, for the most part, these figures, you can't pose it with its mouth shut. Um, but the neck does have some articulation. You can actually, um, like pose it to the, I think to the, the left, maybe a little bit to the right too. Um, before you even activate the, the snapping feature, um, which is kind of cool. And I don't think a lot of people realize you can do that with the figure, but the, the snapping feature, it also does allow you to do some cool poses with the Rex that you can't do with any of the other Rexes because he does have this kind of um, extreme neck movement that you can do with it. I mean, you can put a figure in its mouth and it, and activate the snapping feature. And it, it really, it, it has a lot of movement in the photo. It looks like the Rex has really just lunged and, you know, swung that, that prey in its mouth um really fiercely yeah for sure um yes that that is one thing that i hear that is one thing that i hear from people is that the mouth is open which to that i say i mean it is open but you know you you can work around that Uh, if you wedge something like behind its lower jaw you can actually keep it closed Mm -hmm. Um, yeah and then some people say yeah that that you know the two action features the biting feature that it has where it it turns its neck sideways uh, is is kind of silly. They don't like that. Well, just don't push that button. Is all I can yeah. say to that. Um, and yeah, then, how do you not like? It? I mean, I think it's really cool. I mean, I, again, thinking as a kid, it is a very it's a more dynamic feature than just snapping shut or lunging forward. I mean, it it really does like grab something and and take it. I, I don't know. I think that's I think it's a cool action feature. Definitely. And then you have the tail strike, which. Is all right. I don't. Mm-hmm. I don't mind it being there. It doesn't really affect the aesthetics, honestly. So I'm okay with it. Yeah, I think for a lot of these dual attack figures, the the tail strike is a, is a little bit of a stretch um, as far as like <laughs> action features go. For Stegosaur, I'll totally buy it. Um, yeah. But you know, there's the um, new dual attack Tranodon, um, and those the dual attack there is that it flaps its wings and shuts its beak. It's like okay, that's too, um, you know well-deserved features for a Tranon, but then when you hmm. get like the Parasaurolophus and the T-Rex and they're just swinging their tails around, it's like, oh, okay. Like <laughs> I, I get it. It's a, it's a attack, but uh, it's not quite as, um, not quite as a uh, logical, I guess. Sure. Yeah. Or a Triceratops swinging its tail. It's like, oh, okay. Yeah. Uh, <laughs> yeah. Um, 
but yeah i mean it's 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 quite fun and i do like that the buttons on its back are pretty are flush with uh, its yeah. back so they're not very noticeable yeah for sure no they aren't i mean i'm looking at it now and i can't even tell i actually forgot that it had the tail swing action because i i couldn't even see the buttons but <laughs> yeah i mean hands down this rex has the best paint job um and that's why i love it so much it just it just looks so much like the jurassic rex Absolutely. And, and it's still not 100% film accurate. They, there's still some tweaks that could be made. But I mean, I would still give the edge to this one in terms of color alone, because it, it does look a lot more mm -hmm. dramatic. It does look a lot more accurate than the other T-Rexes do. So I, I think that's definitely a highlight of this toy. Yeah. And you still have the articulation in the legs, too. So it's not like this is a um, you know, a real static figure. It, it definitely has some articulation. Right. Even though it doesn't have the electronics or the, the biting down or the biting up, which actually kind of, you know, don't mind that. I mean, it's, it, I, I like that it doesn't have those things because there's less things that can maybe potentially break over time. Um, yeah. I, I guess it's possible that the action features could, could go wrong. Um, I know that the very first one that I got when I got my uh, Dino Rivals box from Mattel, the T-Rex that came in that one actually had a broken button. Um, so, oh, like, really? Yeah. So like it was already like in the, it was permanently like in the push down position, but the, the Rex's head wasn't in the in the push down position, I guess, where it's like over to the side. Mm -hmm. And that one, too. Yeah. Actually, since you mentioned it, that one, too, like if you close the mouth, like if you pushed on the jaws, it would keep the mouth closed. Um, yeah. But I always yeah. assumed it was because it was broken. Um, no, I mean, mine in particular, there's just something about the, the way the teeth fit into the upper jaw that it just barely sticks there. And I love it. So I, I, I won't return it. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, but I, I would say I like this one better than the thrash and throw personally. Yeah, I do too, for sure. All right. So we have one more Rex here. Now, this, of course, is the grandmother of all the Rexes and all the T-Rexes and Mattel's Jurassic World toy line. It is the one that when it was first announced, people were like, wait, what? A, a big, super colossal T-Rex that you can put things in its mouth and open them, take them out of the belly. Uh, that's the super colossal Tyrannosaurus Rex, uh, the biggest T-Rex in the line, the biggest toy in the line as of this point in time. Um, what are your thoughts on the super colossal? So for this one, um, I think this one really nails the proportions. Uh, I think all the other toy Rexes uh, have to make little sacrifices here and there, you know, uh, maybe a little bit smaller tail to fit in the package better, maybe bigger feet to help it balance. Um, this one still has some pretty big feet, but I feel like overall the figure just feels like they didn't really cut any corners as far as proportions go. I mean, everything, everything just feels right size in its massive size uh the tail feels long enough the legs are beefy enough it's got big beefy arms um huge head but not too big like some of the other rexes i just think that's what this one nails is the proportions and obviously the swallowing feature is, is awesome um great throwback to the bull t-rex from the days of lost world toys but uh yeah i mean i think um, a giant T-Rex is an awesome toy, uh, whether you're a kid or a Jurassic Park fanatic. Um, it's it's just awesome. Yeah, for sure. Um, yeah, it, 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 yeah, it's just huge. I mean, I'm looking over at it on the shelf. Um, yeah, it does have the same, practically the same overall sculpt as those other Rexes do. So you're still going to get, you know, a very authentic looking T-Rex. It's got the coloration that is uh, more or less the same as the Extreme Chompin' and the Thrash and Throw. I kind of feel like maybe 
like the highlighting on the back, maybe on the face is a little bit darker, like the shading in some spots. Mm-hmm. Um, but for the most part, I mean, it, it looks like those Rexes. So like you say, it does have great proportions. Um, I think the tail might be a little bit on the skinny side since it's articulated. But mm-hmm. um, other than that, I mean, it. yeah, I mean, the proportions definitely look look more film accurate than any of the other Rexes. Yeah, it's just a very impressive looking uh, T-Rex, just based on all the size and proportions kind of coming together. Definitely. And uh, also the playability. They didn't they didn't just give you a, a big T-Rex. They gave you some sort of playability. So you can put your little dinosaurs or your humans in its mouth and then uh, pull them out from the belly. And uh, I don't personally use that, but um, my nephew actually has this one and, and he loves doing that, putting all kinds of toys in its of course, mouth and pulling course, them out. Yeah. That's awesome. Yeah, that's what it's for. Hey. For sure. And then... Um, yeah, I mean, I can't really think of any other negatives to say about this one other than the tail being a little thin. I mean, it, it definitely has that shelf presence given the size of it. I mean, it's if, if you're walking into a collection room of, of toys, that's definitely going to stand out to you because it's huge. Um, oh, yeah. And then we also have two versions of this one, too. So there's the regular Super Colossal T-Rex. And then at Walmart, there's the Battle Damage uh, Super Colossal T-Rex, which same thing. It just has blood painted on it and it has... Mm-hmm roaring action features so what are your thoughts comparing the two versions well the the walmart version is cheaper too correct i think it's five dollars cheaper it, it, yeah um, it's 49 dollars, and the regular one's 55 i think yeah so you can actually get more bang for your buck with that one um you do have the the battle damage painted onto it which i'm not a big fan of um but you do get the roar feature which kind of just makes this a more complete toy racks for sure um but yeah i mean i know you said you didn't have any negatives about it i feel like the size is almost a negative for me because it's so big i mean it's just one (laughs) of those things that's like where am i gonna put this um yes it's an impressive piece and yes when you walk into my collection room it's the one of the the first things you see because it's so big but it is just so big i mean and if they're going to be making other ones like the super colossal blue it's like where are we going to fit all this stuff? It's, yeah. They're just massive figures. So um, I, I'm kind of holding that against it. But on the flip side, I think it's going to scale really well with six-inch figures. Um, we do have the current budget six-inch figures out. I think there's like a um, an Owen that would scale really well um, with this Rex. Um, and then, you know, assuming we're still going to see these collector series six inch figures from Mattel, I think it's, they're going to be perfect. I mean, not that I wouldn't mind getting a collector series, massive T-Rex with tons of articulation, but, um, you know, barring getting that, I think this figure does scale really well with any kind of six inch figure. I've seen people take Star Wars black series figures and do some really awesome things with this Rex. Yeah. I, um, I took the measurements of this one and, I was trying to figure out, is it six inch scale? And after like running the numbers and stuff, it, it actually comes out like closer to seven inch scale. Um, mm-hmm. But I mean, still, it's it, it's pretty close. And if you wanted to display yeah. it with either, you know, size, it's, it's going to look pretty good. Yeah, close enough, right? Yeah. Uh, I also like how I'm almost ready to mention how uh, you can articulate both the upper jaw and the lower jaw independently of each other, which I think is a really neat feature. Oh, yeah. I didn't even think about that. That's totally true. You can kind of control the, I guess, expression of the roar, if you will. Right. Yeah, totally. Um, yeah, I, I like both of them. I, I've o- I only have 
the non-battle damage version uh, opened up and on display. I have a battle damage version. I don't know when or if I'll ever get that one on display as well, because like you said, it's it's hard to find yeah. room for stuff of this size. Um, mm-hmm. and even though it's, it's great to look at and, you know, admire it's, it, it's, it, it just, it's huge. And, uh, I'm almost yeah. afraid of the idea of getting super colossal blue and then anything else they put out in this line. Yeah, no. And don't forget about the Brachiosaur. It's going to be another one. That's like, you can't just put on the, the normal bookshelf for sure. It's just too big. I don't even know what I'm going to do with the Brachiosaur. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. Me either. I might have to put it on the floor ultimately. That's what I'm thinking I'm going to have to do. And with Super Colossal Blue, um, you know, I just think that figure too is just the quintessential sculpt of a Velociraptor um, proportion-wise and detail-wise. I think that's one thing that makes the Super Colossal figures so impressive is that because they're at a bigger scale, you do get a little bit more detail in them. And the same with the Rex, same with Super Colossal Blue. It, it, the detail really comes through when you get this big. Right. Yeah, I, I would certainly agree with that. Um, I don't know if it's been your observation as well, but I've noticed that on uh, any of these super colossals that come in the uh, the Dino Rivals like ba- or the Dino Rivals style battle damage packaging, um, that it seems like they kind of switch the color just a little bit. Like if you look at, I'll have to send you a photo a little bit later, but if you mm-hmm. look like on the mid section where you go from like the the darker sort of of uh, brown color into like the lighter tan like there's more of a gradient like on the more recent ones uh from what i've seen hmm. have, have you noticed that yeah i've when i when they first came out i could have sworn that it just looked like i had a darker back overall but i don't know it's tough i mean you really could uh chalk that up to just um you know just deviations in production with paint i mean i know i've held a couple different um action attack carnotaurs that had a totally different white spray on their belly like some went way up high and some went way low so Mm -hmm. i mean that could very well just be like a like again like just a variation in the production process but not necessarily like a truly different you know uh altered paint application for the new release but hard to say definitely yeah yeah i don't i I wouldn't maybe say that it was deliberate but it definitely seems like maybe there was like an unintentional like change um because obviously when they're doing different runs at the factory there are slight variations i mean i we see this Uh with any kind of action figure line Mm. uh even with star wars if you get something from earlier on in the run compared to later on in the run sometimes the joints will be a little bit tighter or looser or the Mm -hmm. the shade of like gray on like you know, figures like costume might be a little bit different. I mean, it's just typical stuff yeah. that we see. Yeah, it could very well be a, a you know, a, a different version. It, it'll definitely be a very subtle variant if people are interested in collecting, collecting them. Well, the packaging outright makes it a variant. So, yeah, and it is interesting. You mentioned the Carnotaurus too, because that was one of my earliest like impressions of that, of that dinosaur was it seemed like half of them, like early on anyway, had the white that kind of came up like a little bit higher on the body. Um, mm-hmm. And then uh, it was kind of more well blended on the jaw, but then there was also like half of them that seemed like, like it, the blending wasn't quite as good in the, on the jaw on the lower jaw, but then, you know, there wasn't quite as much white. So very interesting stuff. Yeah. To, I've to seen know. them. Yeah. I've seen them all over the place. It is interesting. And if you're picky like me and sounds like you're picky too, it's like those kinds of things you, you, you spend some time trying to track down what you think is the perfect, you know, paint application for that, you know, underbelly, basically. Yeah, yeah, definitely. I, I know I had to spend a lot of time thinking about something like that. 
yeah. and I did. But um, but yeah, so we've covered uh, all of these different T-Rexes. So um, before we talk about what we think might be the best one, uh, I want to ask you, going back to the Extreme Chomp and T-Rex, I did know that there are uh, multiple versions of that of that item. Which would you say is your favorite overall? I'm going to say the original Target Legacy Extreme Chomp and Rex. Um, I, I just like the lack of battle damage, even though it's got you know a paint job that's pretty you know simple along with the other Rexes. I just think that's my favorite version. Um, it, it doesn't have the green like the new Legacy Rex, but that's my favorite version, hands down. I would agree with that too. I mean, I, I like the battle damage version maybe more than most people seem to, but. Uh, and the Destructosaurus version is great, but it's, uh, I don't know, the red coloring isn't, I'm not the biggest fan of that. I do like how the tongue is kind of like the thrash and throw where you don't really see it. Uh-huh. Uh, and then the uh, the the second version, the Bull T-Rex legacy version, um, I think it's nice, but I'm not the biggest fan of the color, the way that they approach the coloring on it. Um, so yeah, I would definitely agree with you. The, the basic legacy Extreme Shop and T-Rex with the the plain paint scheme at the $20 price mm-hmm. point, I think that's probably going to be the best one of those specific extreme chomping T-Rexes. Right. Right. And I think you're mentioning the price point is definitely a good point. It's $20 for one of the best Rex figures ever. It's, it's, a, it's great. Absolutely. Great price point for a gift or um, yeah. If you're a kid, you don't have to save a whole lot to get a T-Rex in your collection by going no, that route. No. Yeah, and repainters, it's like you can, for $20 to get a canvas like that, it's, yeah, it's great. Totally. Um, All right, so I ran a poll on Twitter um, asking people, what is the best Mattel Jurassic World T-Rex and why? So we got, I got 111 votes and uh, the results are as follows. Um, So at the lowest uh, number, 19% of respondents said the Biden fight T-Rex. Uh, second place is the Thrash and Throw T-Rex that came in at 25%. The Extreme Chompin came, came out a little bit above that at 27%. And then the Super Colossal came out a little bit above that at 29%. Um, what do you think of that? I'm surprised. I, I I wouldn't have thought the Super Colossal would have, would have won out. Not just because, it. well, for one, it doesn't scale with the mainline. But for two, it's just not one that I think most people would pick up because it is so big but evidently it's it's an impressive figure like we went over here it's it definitely looks great so um in that regard i'm not surprised i just would have thought extreme chomping would have been an easy win and i am a little sad to see bite and fight at the bottom of the list but i do think a lot of people had t-rex fatigue coming into 2019 but it is such a great figure and i think people should really give it a chance if you had room in your collection for that or the thrash and throw i would Personally, uh, probably pick the bite and fight over thrash and throw. Yeah, I totally, totally agree with that. Um, I would say even the thrash and throw is probably my least favorite overall. Yeah, me too. Um, I just think for me, extreme chomping is is my favorite. But man, the bite and fight's coloration really gives it a run for its money. So it's it's a real toss up for me. Totally, totally. So um, yeah, I mean, I, I kind of thought. I definitely thought the Biden fight was going to place higher than it did. Um, mm. The extreme chomping, I mean that that came in second, obviously. Um, I, I guess that, I guess I kind of expected that. I didn't I didn't really know what people were going to go with because I hadn't 
I hadn't really asked people this question before. Um, but the mm-hmm. super colossal winning and, and and again, I got to know these are all very, they're pretty close. I mean, you have 19, 25, yeah. 27, 29. So uh, obviously, you know, people have different feelings about each of these Rexes. And I guess, you know, like we were saying earlier, it really boils down to what your specific needs are for your collection. And, um, you know, what what you like in a, in a T-Rex, because that's very, you know, subjective and dependent on, upon what people like. Um, me personally, uh, if, if we're talking about now what we think, I, I, I'm not 100% definitive. And I would say that there's a difference between what's the best and what's your favorite. Uh, yeah. I, I love the Super Colossal. I mean, I, I would I think I would say that that's, in my view, the best only because as we we're noting earlier, it's huge. It's not very expensive for what you're getting. And just the sheer shelf presence like if you wanted just one like jurassic world toy uh and you don't normally maybe collect toys or you don't really collect dinosaurs i think that that's like a really good way to go because you're gonna have one awesome piece that's gonna definitely be a a conversation starter if you have company over at your home yes um literally go big or go home yeah for sure um and then as as far as favorite i'm really torn between the biden fight and the extreme chompin um, I love the Extreme Chompin for all of the reasons we outlined. It's uh, it, it's it's fairly inexpensive at twenty dollars. It's posable. It photographs really well. It, you can repaint it fairly easily, uh, other than the joints, which are tricky to paint. Um, but it 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 just offers a lot, you know, bang for your buck. Which I think it, you could say that about the Super Colossal too. But you know, this is compact. It's easy to transport. If you want to take it with you on a trip or a road trip or whatever, you could do that. Mm-hmm. Um, but, you know, then there's the, th- the Biden fight. And I absolutely love that, too. And I think, like you like you said, I think it's that coloration that really um, draws me to it. It just looks so, like, even though it's not 100%, it's still so much more authentic to the classic Jurassic Park T-Rex. And every time I look over it on the shelf, I just feel like I fall a little bit more in love with it. Yeah, I mean the the way they did the head with the the eyes, the eyes really pop on this yeah. paint app. So yeah, I do think it has um, a great shelf presence along with the Super Colossal Rex. Yeah. So um, what about you? What, what would you say best and favorite? I'm going to say best for me is the Extreme Chomp and Rex. If someone you know messaged me and said I want to get a Rex from the Jurassic Collection, but I'm not buying all these, which one should I get? I would recommend the Extreme Chomp and Rex because it's, um, you know, great price, um, doesn't have a huge shelf presence. So if you don't have a lot of room for your collection, you can stick it in there with whatever other random things you, you know, might collect or might display. Um, and, uh, and yeah, I mean, whether you're repainting it or, or taking toy photography or wanting something to play with with your kids, I think it's, it's the easy choice for me. As far as favorite goes, I'm going to go with the bite and fight Rex. I won't go over all of it again, but again, just a great faithful um, representation of a Jurassic Rex as far as the, the, the paint application goes. Very cool. Very cool. And yeah, I, I think like we were saying, it, it also depends greatly on what, you know, what your needs are for your collection. Like, if you're just collecting three and three quarter inch and you want to have that perfect T-Rex to scale with your uh, Suchomimus or your uh, Stegosaurus or, or whatever, you know, I, I think, you know, the Biden fight's going to be a great fit uh, for the collection. And uh, again, if you want just like one piece, well, you know, Super Colossal is a great, a great thing to own. 
Um, mm-hmm. it, it, you know, you can tailor any of these to your specific needs or, you know, obviously everybody collects differently from one another. Um, so I think at the end of the day, that's what it boils down to. But, um, uh, yeah, I, I think I'm going to agree with you. I think I'm going to give the edge to my favorite being the, uh, the, the Biden fight. I, I think I'm going to go that route. Yeah. It's tough though. Cause I think both you and me probably bought the extreme chomp and Rex very early on in our Mattel toy collecting days. And, um, so it definitely has a special place for me because it is one of like the very first toys I picked up for the new Mattel Jurassic world line. It does. Absolutely. And it, it was one of those that, you know, it was, it was, I knew target had them and I said, Hey, here's the DPCI number target. Any chance you yeah. have this in the back? And, you know, they were kind enough to bring it out for me. And, uh, yeah, the moment I laid eyes on, on this T-Rex, I was like, Oh my gosh, oh, this is amazing. Yeah. 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 And uh, I mean, not that we're, we are grading these figures on their packaging, but uh, the legacy packaging, the blue looked really great with that Rex and still does. Um, oh, yeah. that, at that end, yeah, I think the Dino Rivals packaging really helps the uh, the Biden fight Rex just look incredible. So, yeah, yeah, that's something we didn't even cover. But yeah, I mean, going off of packaging, uh, yeah, it, the Extreme Chompin looks great on the on the Legacy packaging, and even I think the Super Colossals look great in the box. If you just wanted to display yeah, them in the do. box. Uh, especially mm-hmm. the uh, the 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 battle damage, the second version they did in the you know the more Dino Rivals aesthetic. I think that's like probably the best in my view. I think that's my favorite um, single packaged item in the entire line. Yeah, no, it looks really nice in the Dino Rivals packaging. I would agree with that. Um, the Thrash and Throw, I would say, uh, <laughs> it's it it seems very vulnerable. <laughs> I'll I'll say that. Right. Yeah. Exactly. If you're someone who's collecting things mint in box that's going to be a hard one to to move or to stack with other things yeah it's not not that functional in that regard absolutely um yeah i i love it i mean you know it you know we can talk about which of these is the best and rank them but i mean to be fair i i i love all of them yeah me too me too i would like to give an honorable mention to um doesn't we didn't really talk about it but it is technically a metal rex um, the excavation kit, the skeleton that comes with that is a T-Rex skeleton, and the excavation kit is by Mattel. It's part of their STEM line. Um, but you get a T-Rex uh, skeleton that you literally um, chip and dig out of a, a clay block. And when you put the skeleton together, um, it scales perfectly. I think it's um, basically like an extreme chomp rex size like if you put them next to each other they're very similar in size and so therefore it scales well with the figures too and the skeleton itself does have a lot of articulation i mean i I have mine posed in like the classic downward roar so um even though it's not truly a rex we can compare with the other ones i I think it's worth mentioning because it is it is a great release from mattel and it is a rex yeah that's that's a good point i have that i haven't opened it up yet i haven't actually opened any of the stem kits yet um I just have like so many dinosaurs on my shelves right now. I don't even know where I would put them. Oh yeah. I have a skeleton shelf, so I got, I got that going and the Rex skeleton out of all of them, out of the Indominus skeleton, out of all the little little kits, the Rex skeleton is by far my favorite. It's very solid. So you can really pose it and not feel like it's going to like be flimsy and bend down. So, um, it's, it's a cool one. Very cool. So one more thing before we leave off here, um, if Mattel were going to do one more T-Rex in the three and three quarter inch scale, uh, what would you like to see? Um, 
You know, I'm going to answer this in two parts. I think if they were going to do something conservative, because um, you know maybe they're holding on for Jurassic World three to really go all out with another Rex figure, um, I would want them to do the extreme chomping Rex, but in the bite and fight paint scheme. So kind of um, merging two releases here to kind of make a, a new half figure. I think that would be that would instantly become my favorite Rex because mm. you have all the articulation of the extreme chomping, but then you have, uh, you know, um, the paint of the bite and fight that, that we all love so much. So that would be my conservative answer. And then if they were going to go all out with an all new figure, I would love to see, um, you know, something in the realm of the thrash and throw, but maybe something a little more sturdy, a little more, um, that felt a little bit more of like a solid figure. Um, and maybe had some, I brought another unique paint application to the table, like maybe a more involved bull T-Rex or something like that. That would be an excellent figure. And I think that is one that even people that say, I'm not collecting any more T-Rexes would probably go out and buy. Yeah, that, that's actually a good point. Um, yeah, really good points there. Uh, if I were to answer this, uh, I'm going to take your format here and say, if it was a conservative approach and they were just doing something pretty simple, uh, I, I gotta agree. I think that applying that bite and fight color scheme to uh, to one of their other Rexes would be awesome to see. Whether that's the super mm-hmm. colossal, I, I don't know that I would I would buy another one, but um, I think it would definitely look pretty cool. Uh, oh yeah. Or, or the extreme chompin, I think would also look really nice in in the updated colors. Um, if I were gonna kind of just you know blue sky here, uh, and just you know kind of think of what my personal ultimate t-rex would be uh, i'd love to see mattel do uh something that is in scale with uh the bite and fight or thrash and throw but be more of a collector oriented t-rex um meaning that you know it's still got an awesome sculpt it's still the same size more or less of those other t-rexes um and it and incorporates a more film faithful paint application so you know it would look more like the bite and fight but Hopefully they would go beyond that and make it even more film accurate. But I'd also want it to be, you know, devoid of any kinds of action features and just have like full on like articulation, um, you know, yeah. all kinds of articulation all over the place so that I could pose it any way that I wanted. Uh, right. Like I, the superposable Endoraptor, but just a Rex version of that would be incredible. Yeah. Yeah. Just a fully articulated T-Rex. That'd be like like the one thing I'd want to see happen in this line at some point in the three in three quarter inch scale. So I don't know Mm -hmm. that Mattel will do that, but, uh, or if it's on the radar, but I mean, that, that's my dream. That's what I'd love to see. Yeah, that would be cool. Well, awesome. Uh, Tim, as always, it's been a huge pleasure having you on the show. Uh, you guys do, you do some really great work over there on collectjurassic.com. So I will throw some links down in the show notes so that our listeners can, go and look you up and i'm sure a lot of them are already following you and aware of you and stuff um but where else can they go uh to to track down collect jurassic online yeah sure so we have our main website collectjurassic.com which we definitely keep updated as much as we can we also have a twitter instagram facebook and youtube uh again we're pulsing a lot of the same content there but i would say instagram is kind of the minute by minute uh place to go um, you know, I, I definitely um, try to get everything on every channel, but definitely uh, Instagram is the place to go for, you know, just random deals and, you know, maybe something goes in stock for a few minutes. Um, 
Instagram's the best place to hit us up for that. Very cool. So again, links will be down in the show notes. I encourage everybody to go and check Tim out over on collectjurassic.com where they do excellent work, uh, excellent articles, and, uh, you know, just great content all around. So, uh, Tim, thanks again for being on the show today. Yeah, of course. Thanks for having me. It was super fun talking about all these excellent Rexes Mattel has brought us. It was a blast. And I hope that uh, our conversation today will help people that maybe don't have a T-Rex yet or maybe aren't sure whether or not they should pick up, you know, one of the T-Rexes they don't have. I hope it'll give them a little bit of clarity and uh, help them make the best decision for their own collections. Hey, before you let me go, is there something we wanted to announce? Something we want to announce. Hmm. Such as what? Well, I think we're going to be working on a podcast together here pretty soon. The Collect Jurassic World podcast, Collect Jurassic's uh, official podcast with you and me hosting. Yes, Collect Jurassic World. That is going to be our brand new podcast uh, coming very soon. We will be announcing full details on that uh, as far as uh, what all the podcast entails, Uh, When it's coming, uh, we'll be revealing the logo for the show. Uh, I'm super excited about this. Yeah, it's going to be awesome. We're going to be talking about, obviously, toys, Mattel toys, counter toys, obviously lots of Jurassic collectibles, but I think we have a ton of other fun stuff planned. So super excited personally to get in the podcast game and um, doing it with someone like you who's so experienced. It's just, I think it's going to be great. Yeah, uh, it is going to be great. I think we're going to have something uh, a little bit different offer than uh, most of the other Jurassic-related podcasts out there, which I think is great. It's it's nice when you can go, tune into different shows for different reasons. And, you know, they're all great. Um, but I'm really looking forward to putting our own personal spin on it and uh, see what we make of it. Because uh, like we demonstrated in this episode, I mean, there's just so many things as far as these toys go that, you know, we can discuss. Like, you know, what is the best T-Rex? You know, things that, that could be pretty valuable for uh, people who maybe are just getting into the line or people who are, you know, long-term collectors that have been at it for a long time. Um, so yeah, it's going to be a really exciting thing. It's something we've been talking about for a bit now. And I'm really looking forward to getting the rest of the details out there in um, the coming weeks. Yeah, for sure. I think we can both go on and on and on about toys. So next time, that is exactly what we'll do on the first episode of Collect Jurassic World. Yeah, so stay tuned for that. The show will be available anywhere you listen to podcasts. And uh, really excited for you guys to hear what we're working on. Awesome. My other announcement regarding the future of Cantina Chatter is that it is going to become a Star Wars focused show. So as I noted at the beginning of this episode, currently Cantina Chatter has been kind of all over the place with different fandoms. We talk about different franchises and toys from different toy lines from those franchises, as well as a bunch of other topics related to collecting. With the Jurassic World content moving over to Collect Jurassic World, I've decided that this is the best course of action for Cantina Chatter. Obviously, Star Wars has been probably the biggest focus of Cantina Chatter over the years, as well as Victoria's Cantina over on YouTube. It's going to be a completely different format than what you are used to. We are going to have dedicated segments per episode, as well as specific co-hosts who will be brought on in a permanent capacity for each of those segments. Uh, I will be announcing the details of who those co-hosts are 
as well as what these segments are. As uh, time draws near to the podcast relaunching, uh, I don't know exactly when that's going to be. I think it's probably going to happen uh, either late May or early June. I'm just kind of waiting to get everybody on board and get all of the details worked out before it officially relaunches. So it's truly going to become a podcast for the fans, by the fans. And that's a really important thing to me. Having everybody in the Star Wars community uh, feel like they can be a part of this. I want the show to be accessible to all. And I think part of the best way for me to do that is to uh, give a voice to other people in the Star Wars fandom so that they can share their thoughts and really breathe a new sense of life into the show so that it can have something that interests everybody. But we will definitely be talking about all aspects of Star Wars, including the films, TV, collecting, fashion, music, video games, books, comics, Star Wars Galaxy's Edge at Disneyland, all of that. So I'm really, really excited for what's to come for Cantina Chatter. So I do hope you're following me on social media. That way you can keep up with the updates. Uh, it is a little bit difficult to let go of, you know, the format of the show in its current iteration, but it's also very exciting to uh, look to a new beginning for the show. And, and if you have enjoyed all the content of the show in the past, uh, all that's going to be archived over on YouTube. So you will be able to access all of our older episodes, uh, probably for all time, <laughs> unless YouTube disappears or, you know, something like that happens. But all those episodes will be there. And uh, yeah, I'm really excited for the future, not only of Cantina Chatter podcasts, but also for Collect Jurassic World. So again, stay tuned for details regarding both of those. And uh, also, as always, be sure to share your thoughts. You can always email us, victoriouscantina at yahoo.com or through the comments if you're listening on YouTube or or on social media. There, there are numerous ways to get in touch. So I hope you're as excited as I am. And uh, I'm really looking forward to all the great things to come because I got a lot of stuff planned and I'm really eager to share it with you guys. So um, thanks to everybody who's supported the show over the years, as well as the YouTube channel where, where it all started, of course. And uh, here's to new beginnings. If you are listening on Apple Podcasts, be sure to rate Cantina Chatter and leave a review. If you're so inclined, Victoria's Cantina is on Patreon. To gain greater access to Victoria's Cantina and help keep the lights on, be sure to hit that link in the show notes. You can also follow us on Facebook by searching for Victoria's Cantina, Instagram at Victoria's Cantina, and Twitter at Vix Cantina. As always, thank you for tuning in to the Cantina Chatter Podcast. <laughs>